Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 7, we talk about adapting old materials for new settings and talk with Brian Davison about his artistic ministries. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, how you doing? Doing pretty well, Drew. Uh, what have you been up to lately? Uh, lately, I've been working on putting the finishing touches on our, our packages from Songwriting Weekend 2018. I've been a little behind on that, but just putting together all the different lead sheets and demos and everything to get that available for other congregations to use. Uh, one of the songs, actually, that I was just working on the other day was your new melody for Blessed Jesus at Your Word. Could you talk a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, well, at Songwriting Weekend last year, we had a couple of uh, challenges. One of those was a timed challenge where we had probably 20 different uh, old hymn lyrics to choose from. And the idea was to pick one of those and within the allotted time, create a new melody for the hymn or potentially just a new setting. And then also some people decided to add choruses, which we ended up doing with Blessed Jesus. I got to work with Kent Reeder, uh, who we talked to a couple weeks ago on the podcast. We actually took it outside and we were like, let's just, he just started playing on the guitar a little bit and doing a couple riffs and trying to see what sounded good. And as he was playing, I actually just was like, okay, we're, we decided to change the meter up a little bit. Like, in the hymn notes, very da 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 da. Like everything is very one and two. So we're like, what if we would give it a little bit more of a offbeat feel? So what we ended up coming up with was we kept the same lyrics, the exact same, um, you know, right out of the hymnal. But what we did was we adapted the melody to a new chord structure that fits more with people who'd be using a piano and, and a guitar for their worship services and. I don't know. That's one of those things where, especially when you have to do it in a certain period of time, you just gotta you gotta go with it. And I think that's a that's a fun challenge. Even that's something people could do at home is say, "All right, I'm gonna do this in the next 30 minutes and see what happens." You may like it, you may not, but but giving yourself that challenge of adapting something that's already um, been created into something new or a new setting is is a good stretch of your artistic muscles. Yeah, and I think you guys did a great job on it. It's it's very upbeat, very singable melody, which is actually. After I made the lead sheet a little surprising because you threw in some strange metrical things where it, most of it's in 4-4, four, four, but then there's these really random measures of 3-8 in there. Yes. Uh, but like if if you were just listening to it, you wouldn't think, oh, that's a super weird rhythm or anything like that. It just flows quite well, and it's a lot of fun to sing. We've done it here at Illumina a few times already. Yeah, that's one of the, the interesting things is – when you when you sing through a new melody, you don't always think about how it looks on a lead sheet. But the most important thing is, is it going to be singable for a congregation? And that's what we really like to do. Yeah, and as evidenced by us using it, it, it works quite well. Our congregation latched onto it pretty quickly. With all this talk about taking some older materials and adapting them for new settings, let's jump to our conversation with Brian Davison about his music ministries. Today, we have the privilege of welcoming Brian Davis into the podcast. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Brian, could you tell uh, those listening a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Brian Davison. 
I am a member of the musical group Koine and what is now known as Koine Music Ministries. Been uh, been doing this for about 15 years now, part of the Koine mission and ministry, and it's been uh, quite a journey. One thing I like talking to artists about is their their process. And as I was thinking about this with, with Koine specifically, it occurred to me that you guys do something that's a little different than pretty much any other artist that I know of, which is you pretty much exclusively adapt other people's material. You take hymns and you adapt them for your band. So could you talk a little bit about how that, what that process is like or how it differs from someone who's just creating something from scratch? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely how we made a name for ourselves, you know, from the very beginning <laughs> we had started playing other cover songs too and and uh, other songs out in the the uh, contemporary Christian world and the guys were okay with that but it really wasn't their thing you could tell that they weren't super excited about that and so one of the guys in the group our, our guitar player Benj Lorenz uh he suggested this was maybe a month or two after we had had played a couple times he said, is it all right if we just take the hymns and play them a little different? You know, like, what if we take them and just modernize them and play them with instruments and whatever? And and I said, well, I don't know. I said, <laughs> I, I, said I, I guess we could try it. Or I said, well, well, I'll ask the pastor. And so I went and asked the pastor and I said the same thing to him. Are you are you OK with us doing hymns more than some of the contemporary stuff and and uh, see where that goes? And He's like, he, he, uh, this is honestly what his response was. He said, I really don't care what you do as long as it's really good. <laughs> Just do it really good. And I said, okay, well, we'll give it a shot. So, but that really was when people started paying attention to us uh, outside of just St. Marcus in particular. And we really started getting a lot of young kids, college age kids uh, and young families and stuff. And that was not necessarily our first intent, but it's just kind of what happened. And, and they really latched on to that idea of playing the old hymns that they knew and love and they, they kind of grew up with that have been used in the Christian church for sometimes hundreds, hundreds, even thousands of years that just play them in a modern setting. It was just kind of an unusual thing and something that, you, like you said, not a lot of people were doing, though I don't know, I guess, I guess it isn't a whole lot different than taking a cover song and taking it and kind of making it your own too, covering someone else's song. We're just using artists that most of them are dead <laughs> and have been for a long time. And, and songs that again, aren't, aren't typically being modernized in a lot of ways. So it, it didn't seem revolutionary necessarily at the time, but I guess a lot of people looked at it that way and looked at us that way. Um, kind of combining the, the age old tradition with this modern sound and, and a feel and a, a music, a musical style that people were more comfortable with uh, in today's setting. They just thought that was just such a neat marriage of the two things, you know. And so that's really what we, that was kind of our niche for a long, long time. We just, we kind of took the hymnal and, and started modernizing the settings in it, most of the time keeping the original melody, but a lot of times maybe adjusting it to make it a little more singable, a little more uh, user-friendly, so to speak, some of these old Gregorian chant type things, you know, you, yeah. you, you maybe put them into a little bit more of a meter. And there were times too, where we, we just scratched the melody altogether and came up with a different one. And then along the way too, and, and a lot of people, especially in the beginning, they didn't know this about us, but along the way we were, we would write our own stuff as well. Uh, mostly out of necessity. If there was 
a specific theme that the pastor wanted for a service or for a a sermon series or something like that. And we just weren't finding the right song to really fit it. We would often write our own our own song that would go along with it. And so through the years, we we added them up the other day. And I think we've written over 60 or 70 songs that were completely our own as well. So not many, a few of them have been recorded on our albums, but not that many so far. And, and that is actually one of the things that we're working on now is recording those actual songs into an, into a disc. Uh, so hopefully our newest one will be an all original album as well. So, but it's a fun thing to kind of take these old, these old songs, these old hymns, you know, if you ask about the process, a lot of times what we would do is we would kind of look at the context of the song. What, what is the author trying to say? If that message fits in a certain genre, what would it be? You know, if the author's talking about his dog dying and, and r- riding on a train, what does that tell you? Well, it's a country music song, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, not most hymns would do that specifically, but you get the idea. Like there's, there are certain songs that fit in certain genres. And so we would experiment with it being in a bluesy kind of a feel or country feel, or maybe a folk. Some songs just go right into a, a, a rock realm. They, they just, they just take you there because of the context of the song, because of the melody of the song, even though maybe it was written 500 years before rock and roll ever came around. Sometimes it just fits. And that's usually what we would do to begin with, uh, to start the process, is kind of think think of what that original artist wanted to do and what was their intent with the song, what's the message they're trying to bring uh, through these lyrics, and then uh, just see if you can find something that really fits. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing, too, when you take a look at the history of these hymnals. One text wasn't necessarily written with a specific setting a lot of times the the composer of the the tune and the composer of the lyrics weren't even alive in the same century <laughs> no yeah absolutely again, uh, in a newer way maybe you can appeal you know creatively to more people yeah that's why i always find it kind of funny when when people say things like uh you know how could you how how can you change that classic melody you know and why would you do that and and they don't even know that that wasn't the melody that was written for that song in the first place, you know, like, but in their mind, it's, it's this traditional melody and below, you know, it's, it's funny how people just uh, latch on to tradition in their own context and in their experiences. And they don't necessarily understand the full history of a song in that way. But yeah, they, we, we, we took a lot of liberties, especially, you know, from very early on, we would, we would take, you know, a metrical, song that that fit in a certain uh, parameter and and we would throw it into an entirely different melody uh, familiar melody from the from the hymnal and wow i mean you can you can cover a lot of different songs that way and and it does change the context of the message as well when you do that and and we were very intentional about that we wanted the we wanted the message to really be complemented by the way that we played it and the melody that we used so we take we always took great pride in that. You briefly mentioned you're transitioning a little bit to this Koine worship media idea. Could you talk first about why you decided to make this transition and then also what this new thing is? What does it look like? Why are you doing it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh we like I said we were basically a full-time touring band for about 10 years. There were a couple years in there 
in a row that we did over 200 events in a year. Uh, but over those 10 years, we averaged about 150 to 160 events, live events. And I don't count an 8 a.m. service and a 1030 service as two different events. That's one event in my mind. So sure, sure. we played a lot through those 10 years. And man, what, again, just an amazing ride and, and an awesome joy and, and privilege to do that. But it takes its toll physically, takes its toll on your family. It takes its toll on you emotionally and mentally. And it's, it's just hard. And so we did it. We loved doing it. But you could just tell that it was time for a change. And we didn't exactly know what that change was going to look like. But we knew it was right. We knew that it was the right timing. God was leading us in this way for a number of different reasons. Some of the places that we had been playing at for a number of years regularly in the Milwaukee area, um, they needed a change too. It was time for them to um, to expand their own horizons a little bit, use other musicians. They were changing times of services. It was, you know, again, it was one of these things where God was kind of lining up all these things at one time. And you say, "Well, we always said, Lord." When it's time for us to make a change, you're going to make it obvious to us. And he did. It was just a lot of different things kind of coming together at one time. And so we said, you know, let's, let's, let's go hard for one more good year. Let's go out on the road and, and uh, play hard, have a great time, enjoy it. And then if nothing changes after that year, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where, we'll see where the Lord guides us. And, and maybe it means that we got to go and get, new jobs, so to speak. Everybody still wanted to play, but just play on a much smaller scale. So our idea was, well, maybe we'll play about 20 to 30 shows a year, something that's very manageable once or twice a month, you know, and then uh, go get real jobs, see what happens. Uh, so that was kind of the, that was kind of where we were at. We had kind of all agreed that while it, it might not be our first choice in, in where we're going in, in, in life and, and for the rest of our mission and ministry, this is where it felt like the Lord was leading us to. And so we started, you know, doing some job interviews and, and making some plans that way. And, and wouldn't, you know, you know, you make this announcement to your fan base and to the general public and, and you just tell them that this is our plan going forward. And, and we're going to see what the Lord has in mind. And we had a lot of people reach out to us and, and just thank us so much for everything that we had done so far and at the same time, we had a lot of people reach out and encourage us to keep going <laughs> somehow, some way. The resounding message that kept coming through from the people that were contacting us was that they appreciated what we were doing, how we did it, and they really wanted some way to be able to keep it going in a way that would help them on an even more practical basis. You know, we for us to be able to come to their church or their school you know, even once a year, once every other year uh, was just an awesome thing for them. It was an exciting thing that they really looked forward to, but it was still something where we would only be able to come and help them once or twice. You know, they were looking for a way to keep this going where they could have us on a regular basis and not even just us, but really the, the whole point of what they were saying was we as a church body we as congregations, we as schools, we want your help. We want, we want the ideas of what you guys are doing. We want the resources that you guys are creating. We want these and we want more of them so that we can use them in our daily ministries. And that was kind of the resounding message that was coming through all of this. And so uh, I was, 
we had thought about this for a while and the numbers game doesn't necessarily work out from a business perspective when you play this game of, okay, well, if we were going to make videos and, and, um, record music and do all these different things and sell them individually, you know, how many of these things do we have to sell to be able to make ends meet and, and make sure our kids can eat and all this kind of stuff. And, (laughs) and I tell you, we're not businessmen, that's for sure. Uh, we never (laughs) have been, and we, we will never pretend to be, but we, we kept looking at it and we're like, well, the numbers just don't add up. It isn't going to happen. You know, like it just, I just don't think it's going to work. Well, then literally I was driving home from a job interview and at the end of the job interview, the guy who was interviewing me said, you know, he said, Hey, you, you've got a job with us if you want it and, and it'll be a blessing and we'd love to have you. But I fully anticipate and I hope my prayer is that you go home from this meeting and you try to save your own ministry and you make it work and you keep going because we really need you to do this. And so I'm like, <laughs> you know, oh, what a, what a reassuring thing that you're offering me a job, but at the same time, you're telling me not to come work for you. So it was just one of these funny things and I'm driving home and kind of smiling and it, and it hit me because in that, in the meeting, in that, in that job interview, person I had met with said something very specific that, that I'll probably keep for a very long time. And he was talking about how he, he had met with a donor once who had said, well, let me put it back in context a little bit. He was meeting with a donor who he was um, talking to about some of the opportunities that they have to give and different things like that. And he was walking through a school once with this guy or something like that. And he'd said, we really are looking to um, to get a grand piano here, you know, in this location, something they really need. And and uh, we're going to look to do that here sooner than later. And he kind of brought it up casually. And then later on in the meeting, the guy said, how much do you need for that grand piano? And they said, probably about $75,000. And the guy took out his checkbook and wrote out the check and <laughs> said, there you go. And he, and he just kind of looked at him and shook his head because he wasn't even really asking for that. He, it just kind of happened. And he, he turned to the, to the the giver and he just said, I just can't even fathom what that must feel like to be able to to give on such a large scale and and just give with such abandon. You know what a what a blessing that must be, and I, I can't even imagine what what that feels like. And and the guy turned to him and said, uh, he said, I tell you what, I've tried to outgive God many many times in this life, and I can't do it. It is impossible to outgive God. Every single time I try, He always outdoes me. I can't beat him. <laughs> and and he said it from the right context and saying like, you know, God is so much bigger than we are. And as much as you might think that my gifts are are a big thing, God just blesses me over and over. And I just want to keep being a blessing to others. And so that 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 thought just kind of resonated with me. And I, I was driving home for this from this meeting and I called Benj. And I just said, Benj, I said, maybe we're going about this the wrong way. I said, maybe we got to look at it from the perspective of of just giving it out again. Because I said, every every time we've been generous with God's people and and have just shown up, even if it, if they don't know if they can pay us a, a, a decent amount, if, if they're just going to take an offering, you know, I mean, that's how this ministry started in the beginning was was just relying on God's people to rea- to respond from their heart and and that's how it 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 took off that's how we've survived for 15 years you know why are we changing the model now 
And he said, so what are you saying? I said, I said, well, what if we were to make all these resources? What if we keep going, but we make resources that are specifically designed for churches and schools to use when there are no other musicians there or for current musicians to use our arrangements. And we make all of these things and we just give them away for free and then let God's people respond. You know, let the, let the congregations respond, let the individuals respond, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, what if we try to outgive God? You know, let's just yeah. let's just give it away. This is what He's blessed us with. This is the opportunity that He has blessed us with, the gifts that He has given to us, and He keeps providing for us somehow, some way. I said, what if we're just crazy enough to just keep giving it away and keep going? Do you think people would respond? Basically, He said, "There's only one way to find out." <laughs> so. That was when we kind of committed to this new idea of of uh, creating, you know, really high quality resources that we can give to churches, schools, missions, parents, teachers, you name it, I mean, missionaries. Anybody can use these things anywhere they want, all over the world, and we don't require them to pay up front. There is no cost for it, so it's kind of a risk free thing for for any mission or ministry that wants to try it. Uh, there is no there is no risk. They can just use it as they see fit. And then we just ask if they appreciate it, if they're blessed by it, if their uh, ministry is blessed by it, that they respond in kind as, as they see fit and that they uh, partner with us so that we can keep making more. Please be sure to check out all the great work Brian and the guys are doing and all the great resources they're putting out at com, And we'll have that link for you in the show notes as well. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Brian. And we definitely pray God's continued blessings on your ministry. Thanks, guys. Same to you. God bless. That just about wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you'd like to reach out to us with questions or with people you'd like to hear from on the podcast, you can reach us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on all social media platforms at Wells Creatives. And be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. There you get access to bonus content and some uncut episodes and additional features that are not available to be in the podcast. Especially this episode with Brian. We had a very nice long conversation and weren't able to fit all of it into the allotted time. So we'll have an uncut version of our interview with Brian available to Patreon supporters. Thanks for your support and we'll see you next time.